I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Change, my dear. It seems not a moment too soon. Well, unless you count the ones on this list. I'm Sean Ferrick for Who Culture, and here are 10 changes Doctor Who hoped you wouldn't notice. 10. That random rainbow regeneration. After being a staple of the classic era for many decades, the Master first popped up in New Who during the season 3 finale. But then, in a shock twist, he was shot dead, forcing him to regenerate inside the 10th Doctor's TARDIS. It's an iconic moment in the show, but something that many people don't pick up on here is the fact that the Master's regeneration energy looks totally different to the standard golden colour we've come to expect from New Who regenerations. The Master's regeneration has noticeable streaks of blue and green colour added to the mix, creating a striking rainbow effect that has only been used once since New Who began. Every other regeneration we've seen over the last 16 years, from the Doctor to the Time Lord General to Melody Pond, has copied the basic golden look that was established by the Ninth Doctor's regeneration at the end of Series 1. And so, we've got to question why this one-time rainbow regeneration happened. Oddly, former showrunner Russell T. Davies is on record as saying he wanted the Master's regeneration to echo the Ninth Doctor's, so what's with all the colours? Some believe that the overall look hadn't been finalised yet, given that this is only the second regeneration in Modern Who, despite Davy's comments. 9. Meddling with time used to have more serious consequences. Remember the Reapers? Well, that's good, because Doctor Who sure doesn't. The first series of the 2005 revival firmly established that messing with fixed points in time was a big no-no. If such meddling occurred, bloodthirsty beasts known as Reapers would show up and murder people willy-nilly. But, after the episode aired, this entire approach to resolving temporal paradoxes was changed. Or, to put it another way, the Reapers were simply never seen nor heard from again. Some future New Who stories would punish time meddlers in different ways, the collapse of reality in The Wedding of River Song being a big one, but for the most part, the consequences are trivial or even non-existent. This absolute monster paradox that was created by the Angels Take Manhattan? No Reapers. The Doctor breaking established history in the waters of Mars? No Reapers. Hell, even the Doctor saving a family in the fires of Pompeii is similar to Rose saving her father, but once again, no Reapers. 8. Dodo's Sudden Accent Shift Dodo Chaplet is an often overlooked companion from the classic series, and her popularity hasn't been helped by the fact that a large portion of her stories are fully missing or partly missing. She was first introduced in 1966's The Massacre, joining the TARDIS in the closing scenes after mistaking it for a real police box. She doesn't get much screen time in this story, but whenever we hear her speak, her words are clearly pronounced with a more common English accent, a stark contrast to the well-spoken First Doctor. But then, for no apparent reason, she speaks in 
perfect Queen's English in her very next story, The Ark, which picks up right after the end of the massacre. It's a random change that isn't explained in the show, and it stemmed from the fact that the production team told actress Jackie Lane that she had to speak in refined Queen's English going forward. Given the sudden nature of this accent shift, the BBC clearly expected people to just go with it, but we can only imagine how confused viewers must have been when they tuned into The Ark. 7. Broadcast switch-ups It goes without saying that each series of Doctor Who is meticulously planned in advance. Still, even the best laid plans are subject to change. One unusual way this has happened in Doctor Who is when the episode order is shuffled around just prior to broadcast. An example of this can be found in Season 6, Episode 9, Night Terrors, was originally meant to air near the start of the series, but when this block of episodes was deemed too dark, it was pushed to the back half of the series instead. The change is mostly unnoticeable, save for a quick line near the end of the episode, a line which foreshadows something that's already happened. After Amy's peg doll transformation is reversed and the Doctor reunites with her and Rory, he notes that it's good to be back together in the flesh. Had Night Terrors kept its original early series slot, this line would have foreshadowed the fact that Amy is a flesh duplicate, but as it stands, this plot thread was resolved in episode 7, two episodes earlier than Night Terrors ended up airing. The classic series was also not immune to these broadcast switch-ups. Seventh Doctor serial The Curse of Fenric was supposed to air earlier in its season, but due to its dark tone, it was pushed back to coincide with Halloween. 6. Last of the Time Lords Original Cut Hey Doctor Who fans, did you know that for years you might have been watching the wrong version of the Series 3 finale, Last of the Time Lords? The full, untouched, original broadcast version is over 50 minutes long, but when the time came to flog the international rights to the episode, the BBC brought out the scissors and chopped it down to 46 minutes, omitting scenes like the Sol 3 opening and Francine Jones confronting the Master at gunpoint. Over time, the BBC has allowed this shortened edit to become the standard version of the episode on countless streaming platforms, including Netflix, Amazon Prime and YouTube. This change from the broadcast edit to the trimmed edit means that many fans might be ignorant to the fact that they're watching an inferior cut. Even worse, instead of rectifying this issue, the BBC has chosen to remain quiet. Tut tut. 5. Imposter on the TARDIS On occasion, animated shows will swap out the voice actors for certain characters, often with the hope that fans won't even notice the switcheroo. Being a live-action show, Doctor Who obviously doesn't have that luxury, but even in spite of this, there have been times where characters like the Doctor are not played by the main actors we all know and love. This happens right at the end of Season 5 opener, The Eleventh Hour, during the scene where the Doctor and Amy first board the refreshed TARDIS. This is the moment where Amy agrees to travel with the Doctor, and as such, it's a hugely important part of the story, but strange. Strangely, Matt Smith wasn't present for all of it. In actual fact, he was sneakily changed out for a body double in a couple of key shots. Each time the Doctor fiddles with the TARDIS console, various gizmos and gadgets in this scene, which is a lot, the hands we see do not belong to Smith. In addition, the jacket is clearly not the same one Smith wears for the rest of the scene. Whoops. 4. The Doctor was half-human for about 30 minutes It's no secret that the Doctor absolutely loves hanging around with us humans. In fact, our company is so valuable that the Doctor turns into a full-on lunatic whenever we aren't around. Poor Tim. But in 1996, Paul McGann-led TV movie, we found out that the Doctor's relationship with humanity was more than just a surface-level admiration. On separate occasions throughout that story, we're told that the Doctor is actually half-human, a huge piece of information that contradicted what fans thought they knew about their beloved alien Time Lord. This change to the Doctor's genetic makeup wasn't too well received, and by the time the 2005 revival came along, the retcon hammer was brought down hard, and it was never mentioned again. The writers of the 2005 revival clearly weren't too keen on making the Doctor half-human, so they decided to sweep this nugget of information under the rug instead, hoping that fans would simply forget about the Doctor's brief biological change. Clearly though, we didn't forget. 
Three, the 12th Doctor's title sequence sync. While this is definitely an accidental change rather than a deliberate one, it's something that happened repeatedly throughout the Peter Capaldi years. The 12th Doctor's title sequence is terrific, arguably the most wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey intro we've ever seen on the show. It was also designed by a fan, but that's a story for another day. However, on countless occasions throughout Capaldi's run, the visuals, for some reason, were out of sync with the audio, resulting in several different variations of the sequence, each of them synced slightly different to the next. The one for Face the Raven, Series 9, Episode 10, is particularly egregious. Again, this is clearly something that was done accidentally, but regardless of the intent, or lack thereof, this small, ultimately insignificant detail ended up annoying quite a lot of Hoovians, and you can bet your house that the BBC hoped it would go unnoticed by fans. 2. The Sonic Screwdriver's Gradual Power Buff The Sonic Screwdriver is a staple of the show, first appearing in the early years of the classic era. Back then, it was a relatively simple device with limited uses, one of them being an actual screwdriver. But today, things are very, very different. Over time, the Sonic Screwdriver has gone from a handy tool that could help the Doctor in a few specific situations, to an all-encompassing plot device that could do absolutely anything the writers needed to, logic or reason be damned. This is something that really started to become noticeable during the New Who era, when the modern sonic screwdriver is capable of carrying out all manner of baffling feats, such as turning regular glasses into sunglasses, or even healing injuries. We're now at a point where the ridiculous power of the sonic screwdriver is one of the big criticisms of 13's era. Even the seventh doctor himself, Sylvester McCoy, thinks that she relies on it a bit too much, with many fans feeling that gadgets and technology are now the doctor's main strength, rather than that brilliant mind. It's a fair argument, but from the point of view of the show's writers, the overpowered sonic screwdriver is indispensable because it's an easy way to advance the story or resolve a conflict, particularly when each episode is respected to a tight 45 minutes. 1. The Unit Dating Controversy The Unit Dating Controversy is one of the longest-running debates in the history of the show, stemming from some continuity issues introduced during the classic era. It's a huge problem with many details to consider, but the basic issue is that the timeline of Unit doesn't make a lick of sense. The main example most fans will point to is the second Doctor serial, The Invasion, which first introduces Unit and ostensibly takes place in 1979. Nothing wrong there. But then, in the fifth Doctor serial, Modern Undead, the timeline of Unit is completely changed. Here, Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart says that he retired from Unit seven years ago, which would mean that he left in 1976. This then begs the question, how could the Brigadier retire from Unit before Unit even existed? Obviously, the writers of the show weren't intending to cause mass fan hysteria by simply changing a few dates and inadvertently screwing up the timeline. At the end of the day, this is just a fun quirk of the show, one that doesn't remotely detract from the quality of the stories. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 